everybody to the TKW podcast. I'm Anthony Corbo and joining me as always today I've got Kyle Maggio. What's going on? And Brian Gaberman. What's up guys? Things are good. <laughs> things are things are good for a Knicks loss I would say tonight. Things are we we watched them uh not get demolished in a game which is good. You know, they're either winning big I feel like in a lot of points this season or they're just kind of like you know getting crushed but they were able to hang around for the majority of this game uh we saw some flashes on you know both sides of the court from a lot of players um i guess let's start with brian what what are your biggest takeaways from the knicks loss of the facers tonight i thought they acquitted themselves pretty well in the game even though they lost uh the pacers basically in the fourth quarter had a little bit of another gear defensively and the knicks got flustered down the stretch and couldn't really get anything going offensively until the game was out of hand and the Pacers were able to score a little bit easier. Uh, I thought um, Cantor hurt them late in the game. He was good for the most of the game, but he, he either got tired or he just started playing like crap. He let two offense uh, late offensive rebounds and had that turnover. And those were three pretty big plays that and not I only that, like Turner started taking him to town at the very end of that fourth quarter too. And that, that was right when the tide started turning. So, you know, like it's Cantor is just such a physical presence out there that like when he's getting taken to the rim by someone who's, you know, significantly less, uh, you know, less strong than he is on the court. It, it's, it's not very encouraging for us. I was worried about his matchup tonight. I thought he was gonna. I tweeted it. I thought he was gonna get murdered again. But um, he he held his own up until when I started to see it kind of dwindle away. It was like three or four minutes left in the third, and then to close out the third, the Pacers went on a little a uh, little run, and I think they were up six at that point. But um, I thought I thought he fought most of the game. I thought he actually had a really nice night. He was mega efficient again. To get 20 points on 11 shots and 15 rebounds. So I, I thought, and defensively, I thought he was fine for what was happening. So um, I was, I mean, I know everybody and including us will give Cantor a lot of flack for um, his defensive woes, but uh, I thought he was very impactful tonight. Yeah, I thought I, for the beginning, for most the first half, I thought he was really good. I thought he bounced back from that Hornets game, that was one of his worst games of the season. Even the third quarter, I just thought late in the game and it might, maybe it was him being tired, but he just, he wasn't closing out possessions. And that was a, the turnover was big. There was, it, it was still a game at that point. And I, one other thing that jumped out of tonight, Hardaway's actually started to make his twos. He said he was seven of 13 from two tonight and four of six the night before that's 11 for 19. But because he's missed the threes, he's been two of 11. He still only had 31 points on 30 shots. And he's averaging 21 on 17 shots this season. I think that's a really good example for people who complain about his shot selection and how many threes he takes is that 
even though he's been, obviously you want him to do both together, but the fact that he's basically having the same field goal percentage, but losing points because of the type of shots that are going in versus have been kind of inverted that the value of what he does comes in. It, the threes are what make him the player that he is. I think it's a, it, you know, it's a testament to him being able to just make it work regardless. You know, if the three is not falling, I've seen it. I saw it a couple of times tonight, even where, you know, that he shot the three and there was a, there's a place specifically where the rebound came back to, him. you know, he just brought it back in and took the two and he made it. You know, he's a kind of player who is going to continue to take his shot, you know, regardless of if it's falling or not. But he's adapting at least out there. And, you know, like, you know, like we're seeing, it's, he's shooting basically the same field goal percentage, but he's, losing, he's shaving some points because they're not all threes. But it's falling. You know, it's working out. So, you know, it didn't, it didn't bring us to the win tonight. But, so, you know, guys are still looking confident out there. They're, they were taking their shots. Frank took plenty of shots. Knox took plenty of shots. So, you know. I'll, I'll I'll take Hardaway saying efficient regardless. Moody was pretty damn good tonight too. Yeah, I think uh, yeah here eighteen points, five of eleven from the field, one of three from deep, uh, two. Nope, that's the wrong line. And oh yeah, he got the line ten times. That's what I want to talk about. He, he and they were really like good savvy draws of the defender that he was doing too. And he just kept uh, a lot of fakes, got guys to bite, but he was seven of 10 from the line. But that was, that was really good. Oh yeah. The last two games, he's been terrific a very high level of play scoring efficiently. The he's had the foul shots tonight was awesome that he was able to do that. And he playing under control for the most part. Uh, he's doing a really good job creating room for his jumper to be able to get it off. He's hitting some, some with good balance, some when he's even a little off balance or still going in. Uh, I thought he was starting to regress a little bit at the beginning of the month, but now the last two games he's bounced right back and he's continued to deserve minutes. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I'm just very encouraged by him at this point. Yeah. He just, I said it when he was going out like bananas with the efficiency, but it, it didn't look like he was doing anything different. Like this still looks like his game from, you know, the last couple of years, just things are going in now is, is the best way. Like he's a little bit smarter about some things, but more or less his game is still his game and things are just kind of falling. And I mean, he's been a little bit more aggressive as a scorer, but um, it, it's just, it's a fun thing. Like, you know, I, I like being wrong. It, it's fun sometimes so we all kind of wrote them off so it was kind of fun to just kind of sit here and eat the crow on it yeah i mean I, I, a, a big question of it is like how you know we're still waiting to see and make sure that i can still continue moving forward but he's been he has looked he's looked solid the last couple of games and like brian was kind of saying before controlled is, is a good way to describe him tonight he wasn't like necessarily like flailing his limbs out to try to get called on fouls he looked more confident like taking his shots his like three pointer still looks pretty ugly when he's putting it up, and I'm you know it's going in a good amount of times, and you know he's getting to the line like we're saying, and he you know he, he's making it work. He's he's finding guys who's open. You know he made that really uh, that beautiful passing sequence of Noah uh, Vonley to Moutier over to Knox in the corner towards the end of the game. Um, you know he's seeing guys out there. He's playing well with the starting lineup. I mean I, we can only really commend him on the last couple of games. Uh, his turnover percentage this year is only 14% for his career at 16.7. So that's, there's some strides being made there. Uh, 
that are pretty helpful because possessions with the ball in his hands when they're not ending in live ball turnovers or, or uh, even dead turnovers, it helps make him a better player. Yeah. So Moody looking Moody looking good to, uh, with the starting lineup lately. Do you are you still because you were are you still feeling like we should be plugging Frank into his spot regardless of his play the last couple of games and like that he's been able to keep it consistent or do you think Moody is at least deserving of the spot for the time being? No, you can't you can't pull Moody the way he's playing the, the last games like that would be ridiculous to say. Uh, Trey Burke made his comeback tonight as well. Speaking of point guards, uh, limited, uh, minutes. How many, how, how many minutes did he actually end up playing tonight? 12. Yeah. 12, 12, 12 minutes. <laughs> he had one three and that was it. Yep. So not exactly the, uh, offensive explosion out of, uh, Trey Burke on the, you know, coming back into the, uh, coming into the next rotation. Um, good to see Frank Nielakina still getting a, a decent amount of minutes tonight, even though he was a bit quiet. Uh, only the one three pointer. Oh no, he didn't hit a three. I'm sorry. He had uh, he got to the line, um, and four assists to go with it. But you know, at least those three guys are getting minutes in the rotation as well as Courtney Lee, which is something I thought was going to be uh, kind of improbable. But you know, Dotson is out and Trier's out and everything. Do you guys think that Burke and Lee are basically the two who are going to lose their minutes when Dotson and Trier get back into the lineup? I think Lee's gonna uh, probably gonna lose him, but I don't. I, I I just get this weird feeling with Burke, like they're gonna really ride with him for, you know, as long at least as long as when he's gonna be scoring. We also but, did a Mario uh, Hazonia score uh, playing thirteen minutes tonight too, so there's definitely some minutes to open up there. Yeah, there's gonna be nights Burke makes his shots, but yeah, I can't really. I'm kind of done with him. And I think the team, I think Fisdale should be also that he took seven shots in 13 minutes. It's, and he's not contributing in other, I know he had the three assists and the four reels. He just has the ball. I get playing him tonight because of all the injuries. So I don't really have an issue with that. I have an issue with when he's coming in, it's the, it's just the Trey Burke show and no one else is. Frank needs to should be initiating the offense more than Burke, and Burke has to play some off the ball. There has to be a better balance to it. It just can't all be Trey Burke. That's detrimental to the team, and it's detrimental to the other player. It doesn't help from a team perspective, and it's not helping from a developmental perspective because you want Frank playing with the ball in his hands more. I kind of wouldn't hate if they played Frank off ball to just start – whenever Frank comes in and then when he needs to step in as like the backup ball handler and get some run against some second units, I wouldn't mind that. But um, I, I don't think that that's going to be the case as often as we'd like it to be. I think Burke is still going to dominate a lot of that, but I, I do think there's a chance he's the one who's going to get, yeah, I think they're going to play Courtney. I think Courtney Lee is going to play over Burke. They're not going to sit Dotson and Trier. I think Burke might get pulled. Yeah. It's I'm interesting not- because you look at, you know, a lineup like that is definitely going to see less off-ball action from Frank. It's definitely going to see less, uh, you know, probably a little bit more experimenting with Trier, playing more of the traditional point guard role. But if you're going to look at the guys who have earned the minutes and guys who have actually fit within rotations this season, it's Lee, it's Dotson, you know, Trey Burke has been, I would say, the antithesis of that so far. 
It's like when he's good, he's good, but it doesn't. It's not really indicative about how anybody else is playing around him, you know. I guess the same question could be asked about Ennis Cantor as well, though. You know, Cantor obviously had a good game tonight. You know, he looked solid on both ends of the court, but there were still, you know, there's still issues of how much of a role in this. You know, you you look obviously Mitchell Robinson's out tonight, but you know, Cantor played 36 minutes and Cornette only played nine. Are you, do we, are we advocating for a little bit more Luke Cornette time out there? He's gotten a couple of minutes in the last few games. Do you, are you guys, have you been impressed thus far with uh, what Luke Cornette's shown us on the court, Kyle? I, I, well, the Charlotte game, it would have been hard to not have been impressed. I thought he was uh, really nice defensively. Um, you know, obviously he, he went off a little bit for, you know, in the context of the kind of player he is, I think he had 16 points. He had a bunch of threes. It was just like a marksman uh, late in that game. And then he had a couple of blocks, a big one, I think on the second to last possession uh, to block a three from going up. So I, the, the game in Charlotte, he was really, really good and really fun. He was in the zone there, but uh, tonight I, he was fine tonight. I, I don't, but I, I just don't think, you know, a, a night like tonight's, what you're going to see out of him more often than not, you know, five points, uh, one of three from deep, a couple of rebounds, you know, in, in nine minutes. I think that's about what he's good for. I, I think he's a fine end of bench kind of big guy, but um, the stuff like the game in Charlotte, I, I don't, I don't think that's going to really happen again this year. I think it can happen again. I'm intrigued by him. I think a big man that can shoot threes and protect the rim has value. And especially if he can hit 35% of his threes, that's a player that has use on our roster. And I, I think, I mean, he had the five points and three rebounds, as you said, but it was only nine minutes. That's that's really not that bad. And he's in a defensive improvement over Cantor. I don't think those minutes should be 36 and nine. I think Cornette should be getting 20 to 22 minutes with who's available right now and kind of see what you have with him and what he can do. Yeah, I think there's little reason to be playing Cantor, you know, even on a, a huge night from him, like 30 minutes has got to be where you got to cap him around. It's just because you got you got guys like Cornette to look at. Noah Vonley obviously played a lot of minutes and he was playing a lot of five, at, you know, towards the end of the game as well. Um, but it's, you know, it, you're just not. Nothing about Cantor is surprising us. Though. You know, he had 20 points and 15 rebounds like it's it's impressive. I like watching Ennis Cantor play. It's just not, it's not going to lead this team in any sort of direction. I would like to see Luke Cornett out there because I like the kind of player that he embodies. It, you know, there's a lot of similarities to to what Mitchell Robinson and Chris Sops can bring in, you know, in one way or another. Um, and just letting, you know, seeing him out there to just kind of bring that same kind of defensive prowess and letting him develop some develop on one way or another, like. The guy's not going to become a starter overnight, but I think he deserves more than nine minutes right now. Yeah, I think he's been good. I'm more so worried about the consistency we're going to see out of him. But, you know, with hopefully they they play safe with Mitchell Robinson, because was this this is uh, the same ankle, isn't it? That's been flared up uh, since the preseason. I don't know. Because I remember he heard it in like the second game of the preseason. He missed a few games. He came back and then he tweaked it again. 
he missed a few more games. And then I wasn't sure if this was the same ankle or not, but if it is either way, I hope they're just cautious with him because I, I don't want this to become a thing this early in his career with the ankles. We've seen what that can do to people, but, um, in his yeah. absence, you know, I think Coronet's going to, he should get a little bit more of a well, bump. That, I, mean, I just want to see his consistency. That's really the, the thing that I'm talking about here is that like, you know, Robinson's going to be out for, you know, we're not really too, uh, did, did they give us a timeline on when Robinson's going to come back yet? Or are they kind of been a little quiet about that one? He was in a walking boot last I heard about it. The uh, boot makes it sound like it's going to be. Yeah. That's kind of what's yeah making me kind a, of a little. A few games at the least, but yeah. But that's, that, I mean, that's enough time to see Luke Cornett, you know, pick up a solid 15 plus minutes a game. You know, like Cantor Cook, he can do what he's got to do. You know, he can play minutes right now. It's not, there's no reason to be benching him right now when, you know, all of your other big men are injured. But, you know, let Vonley Cook, let, Banter do, let Cantor do his thing. And then, you know, I think uh, I think Luke Cornett can fill in those minutes in between. But I, I, I'm intrigued as well. I'd like to see. I'd like to see if his shooting can continue or if he's actually, you know, going to be an effective rim protector. Once more of the win, once Trier and Dotson are healthy, we have to remember Cantor isn't only playing at the expense of the other centers. He's, as you, you could use Von Ley at center and you could slide those wings into more minutes. And I think those wings are just Trier and Dotson are just better, more valuable players in the NBA in 2018 so if you can you want to shift some more minutes to more guards and wings rather than the big men and play some more one big lineups i think that would be helpful to the team i think it would i think it would improve them that would help them improve on defense on defense pretty greatly i think abonley has proven to be them one of the uh more effective big men you've at the four or the five this season so I think on the defensive end, he's going to be able to hold it down there. And then all those minutes will, you know, answer a lot of those questions. The Knicks are not going to be playing a lot of traditional lineups this year. Anyway, you might as well just experiment. I'm just a big proponent of keeping Noah Von Ley on the court. Yeah. All of the minutes. Um, he's just 48. Play every, him out. every game, every game. I just, I'm, I'm very impressed with him. Still. I, I am. What do you, uh, quick, question for you guys what kind of contract do you think he gets offered next year if he maintains this all year this level of play I mean, we were talking about this a little bit last time i think i think it's i think he could command between seven and 12 and we'll see depending on where his, his play fluctuates through this season i think he's proven himself on the defensive end to at least be worthy of that you know nearing five digits out or, you know, uh, whatever it is, you know, quintuple digits there. Yeah. 12, 10 to 12 million. Most likely yeah. he keeps up. Just how GMs are building teams and just how, you know, how coaches are valuing certain players is definitely an importance on defense more so now than ever. And I think that's definitely playing into certain salary situations. So a guy like Noah Vonley, who brings that and is able to shoot some three pointers surprisingly well this season and just, you know, brings that kind of presence on the court. Yeah. You could, you can certainly make your money that way. Red 12 rebounds tonight too. I mean, guy, people, obviously you look at it with any scanner too. People will pay for rebounds. 
Yeah, and not just the rebound. I did want to touch on your guys' thoughts of the game he had uh, in Charlotte because he almost had a triple-double, I believe. I think it was like 12, 11, and 7, or 15, 12, and 7. I want to pull it up here just to get it right. But, um, no, like, I didn't even realize until the game was over. Like, I realized he was playing well, and then I looked at the box score, and I, I saw that. And, um, like, I, it made me wonder, you know, if he can get one this year. I think he, it, yeah, I think it's possible. I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say likely, but it's not out of the question. He's had, had enough of those high assist games that you could, you could see it happening. Yeah. He had 15, 11 and seven on a Friday night against Charlotte. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought he was, and it was especially down the stretch. Him and Moody were dishing a lot, but, uh, He's just the kind of guy who's in position well, like, you know, pretty much all the time. He's pointing out to other guys where they got to be. You know, he's like, he just, he has a good grip on the court. I feel like he re- he reads where, he reads his teammates well. He reads the defense well. He reads, you know, in- incoming offense as well. He's just, you know, that's what leads him to get those assists like that because he's just, he's able to be in position. He's able to react, you know, well. I, I, yeah, I, I think that he's got he can certainly pull off another triple double if you wanted to at this point in the year. But I also think he's the kind of guy who you would tell him afterwards after the game, like, you know, you just you got a triple double and he would be surprised. He he plays with good tempo. There was a there was a play in tonight's game against the uh the Pacers where they denied the in ball the inbounds to the point guard and he went and got it. And instead of walking it up slowly, he pushed it up the court fast, did a dribble handoff with Moutier, and Moutier got two free throws very early in the shot clock when the Pacers' defense wasn't totally set. And it's it's little things like that that are just smart, easy things to do that he has. And you got to have some skills to be able to have the confidence for a big man to be able to take up, take the ball up the court like he does is pretty useful. Yeah, and you know, it, it's, it's going to be a question of whether or not the Knicks are going to be able to afford him this summer, whether or not they you know, play their cards correctly, whether or not they sign guys in the correct order. Yeah, there's a lot of variables to go into here, but if there's anybody who's proved the place on this team so far, it's got to be Noah Bonley. What did we think about Kevin Knox tonight? There was a a small thing he did tonight that I thought was good. He had two drives. He actually did it three times, but he had the charge on the last one. But he had two drives where he drove and he one was both passes were to Cantor. One ended in an assist and another uh, Cantor missed an open jumper. But I like him making plays on the move towards the rim. He uh, before tonight, he had only passed on 5.6% of his drive. So that's another area that he's already showing that he need, he like it's a skill that he doesn't he's not totally comfortable with yet, but he's starting to show little flashes of working on it and getting better. So that was something I thought was good from him tonight. He had the he's had the flow to really work in these last couple of games, too. He. He just fucking, he loves that move. Obviously, we know he struggles to get all the way to the rack, and that's why he's dependent on it so much. But 
it's it really is pretty for a guy of his size to be able to drop that in. Yeah, he he does he does have good touch on it. It's not it's a it's a it's a good shot to have in your bag when it's the I, I don't mind it as like a last opportunity play. It's not I just don't think it's something he should be going to at at first for your initial option. You should try and work for a better shot. But if you're coming down and you're like, all right, shot clock's running down, I need to get that's better than forcing up a contested shot somewhere else. Right. No, I, I, I still like how he's been rebounding over this stretch. It, it's really been ever since, what was it, the Wizards game is when they started picking up. So I, I just, I, I don't know. I feel like um, the first 10 or so games we were questioning. Obviously, we had concerns if he was fully healthy or not, but then a lot of people were questioning his motor. And I feel like we're not really seeing any of the motor concerns right now. So that to me is good. It seems like he's really trying to haul ass. Like he'll, he'll make some stupid mistakes still. Cause he's a kid, but um, it doesn't look like there's any lack of effort right now as compared to other points. So can I give you the line of the night for tonight though? Uh, yeah. In 13 minutes going one for three. With zero rebounds, zero assists, zero blocks, zero steals, and one turnover. Uh, that's Mario Hazonia. Oh, no turnovers. That's the wrong line. But one foul. Mario Hazonia. I, I really wanted him to be something. Yeah, no, nothing wild. He didn't nothing start. delusional, but just so, like so, just so, sort of on lay, like just proved himself to be like, you know what? I could be an effective role player on a good team kind of guy. And just nothing. Not, in, in fact, less less than nothing for improvements. It seems like he's reverted or regressed, you know, to early Orlando days. It's just not. It's really just not good, man. He missed. He missed a layup tonight that he should have made. I don't remember what the third shot was, and he misses a lot like that because he adjusts for no. He's so he's athletic. He's really athletic and tall. He's got just a big frame and. He gets up to the rim and then he adjusts for no reason. Like he's a guard, like he's like a little a little guard adjusting to the shot. It makes no sense. It looks like a dog that thinks it's a like in a smaller body. Like he just has no he just he can't he just has no strength when he gets to the rim like that. He just shies away from it. I, I don't know what the guys the guy's playing at the four. Yeah, you know, he's not he's not Isaiah Thomas out there. It's it's I don't know. Now he had he had 13 minutes tonight that obviously should be replaced. Would you like to see Lance Thomas taking up that time now in in the interim? Probably more Lee than anything. Well, Lee already had 18. I don't know how much more you're going to push Courtney Lee for right now. But the only guy who was a DMP tonight was was Lance Thomas, and obviously a lot of guys are hurt right now, but. I would much rather see Lance Thomas playing the Mario Hazonia right now. Oh yeah, and I, I agree with that. I, I think Lance could have take you could have used Lance to take some of Hazonia's minutes and some of Burke's minutes. Yeah, and bumped up Frank's number a little higher and bumped up Lee's number a little higher and got him rid of those twenty six minutes. That yeah. would have been something I'd be open to. I mean, really, the starters just played like a ton of minutes tonight, and the bench really didn't. It didn't come anywhere near that. I mean, you know, you had Moutier playing 30 and that was the least of all the guys in the lineup and he had arguably the best game of them. So 
we still got a lot of we got a lot of zone again tonight, and we did it get was, a lot of zone, and it wasn't as effective as in the fourth quarter of the Hornets game. Yeah, it's an interesting <laughs> approach going back to it. I, I'm, I'm still kind of, uh, yeah, I haven't bought in on this so far, but yeah, it it, it seemed to. It seemed to have moments where it worked, but it just left the three-point line wide open on too many occasions. And when they could get inside, I mean, Cantor held his own through the beginning of the game, but it kind of fell apart on him towards the end. So, I, I just don't like the zone, especially at the NBA level. I don't. Guys are too good uh, on almost any team to just leave open for threes, especially in today's NBA. It makes little sense to put yourself at such a risk to allow those shots so constantly. Um, I don't like it. And I also don't even really, I get what they were trying to do, you know, try to keep cancer at home a little bit more, maybe, um, you know, try to keep Timmy stuck just in a zone that he could protect. But I just seemed like they were late moving back and forth and rotating and getting back. And at that point, you just got to go back to, to man to man and what happens happens. I just don't, I just I don't it, I don't get the zone play. I, I I like I get I get the logic. I get why it was happening. I just don't think it was good enough reason. I don't mind it in little spurts, but it's just you just run little such, spurts. Yes, I, you, the you just can run such basic offense to create wide open threes against it. Like they were just running an overload play that you would do in like eighth grade when you played against a two three zone, and it's resulted in. Doug McDermott, Doug McDermott and Bob Bogdanovich getting wide open and all the depot, all guys who are dead eye three point shooters getting clean looks. And you just, you can't, you can't have that. Old Depot yeah. hit five threes tonight. Yeah. Yeah. McDermott hit three. It's you're not, it's just, yeah, it's too easy to skim around. You guys are absolutely right. I mean, they got 34 threes up. I mean, the Knicks got 32 up, but it just felt like a, it felt like more just by how open they were. But at the same time, like, I didn't mind, like, Fizdale turning to it. You know, obviously the Knicks played adequate defense for a good a good portion of this game, and then it all really just kind of started falling apart down the stretch. So you got to do what you got to do. You know, sometimes you give it a shot, and it didn't work out tonight. We'll, you know, we'll see where... I don't know if it was a right call necessarily. It seemed pretty obvious that, you know, they're just going to jack up a bunch of threes against you at that point. But, um, but uh, you know, at least he tried to take a different approach rather than just let everything fall apart. So I wanted to transition a little bit away from the game. If we're set with that and uh, let Brian give his eulogy for Ron Baker, if he want, if he would uh, like to. You should still be on the team. That's it. Is that, are you mic dropping it there? I, I like. I get why they cut him, but I've I've been started getting a little annoyed about this. Like, at what point, if they're gonna, if they're gonna be honest about what the the ethos of what they want this organization to be and the defense, don't you keep Ron Baker over someone like Mario Hazonia or Trey Burke? I was surprised at his own. Like, I think everyone, like, it was pretty clear that Ron Baker is going to be going all the signs were there, but 
I would much rather have seen someone like Mario Hazonia go than than Ron Baker. I I do think that he that Baker is at least more deserving of a spot on this team than Hazonia is. Kyle, I'm I'm fine with him going. I'm sorry. I I get it. You're just a hater. I'm not. I'm not just a hater. Look, I get it. And I I have given him credit. Like after I stopped fully, fully busting your balls about it all the time. Like I I gave him credit. I'm like, look, I, I like I understand the why you would want to root for him. I understand the little things that he does that are good. I just don't think. I don't think it's it's overwhelming enough. Like like if you ask me about Frank, I'd be like, well, he's great at defense. That's why you put up with his shitty offense that happens most of the time until he figures it out. But then it's like Baker. That's not a thing because he's really shitty at offense. And to me, he's just good at defense. You know, he's not like in a nearing elite defender like Frank is. So that's why it's like for Baker. For it's it's like yeah, I think he's a good guy. I think he tries hard, but that's it. That's it. Like I'm a fan. Of, I'm not gonna say I'm a full-on fan. Is but like seems like a good enough guy. But um, it's just such a. I, sh- I mean, I, I was gonna say it's a shame. I feel bad for him. But like, we Ron Baker did get ten million dollars in the NBA for his roles. He, he was essentially he got, a, he got a great deal. Like I don't. That's what I'm saying. I don't feel oh, that I, bad. Yeah, I think he basically. When you look back at things, he just got paid ten million dollars to get smacked in the face by Anthony Davis twice. The only thing I'll truly miss is the fantastic memes we were able to get while he was here. He was charismatic. He was a charismatic man. Can I swing back to the zone defense real quick? Yeah. All right. So on the season, then 35% of the shots the Knicks allow are from three against the Hornets and against the Pacers when they use zone defense a lot more against the Hornets. 47% of the shots they allowed were from three. And against the Pacers, it was 39%. So we're seeing an increase in the amount of threes they're being allowed, that they're allowing because of going to the zone defense. And that's basically the opposite of the principles you want for a defense in 2018. Your goal is to be shooting more threes than the other team every single game. Because statistically, it's it's been proven that the better way to limit threes is by limiting an attempts, not banking on misses that misses and makes there's a flukiness to it. And that if you limit the attempts, it's the best way to get that advantage right. from three point range. So the zone defense is at pushing you away from smart basketball. So yeah, that it's, it can't be used as much as it's been being used. So like when a game, when you have a game like tonight and it starts to get away from the Knicks, start to get away from Fizdale, what, what do you recommend the Knicks do instead of running the zone now? Because it seems to be a Fisdale go-to move at this point. Play guys who are better at defense and sit players who aren't as good at defense. If you want to make the yeah. defense better, play Luke Cornett over Enos Cantor. Yeah. Like even even when Cantor's not harmful, he just has physical limitations to what he can do. Like he's not going to be able to protect the rim in an effective manner, even it because his positioning has to be absolutely perfect and his brain isn't typically working that quick on defense. If he's just a split second late, it's a problem. When you have someone like Luke Cornett, it's, he has, he can make mistakes because he can stick his arm up and he's eight feet long and he can just contest shots. It's just, it's a, it's just basic physics of how each person's body is constructed. And and on that note about Cornett though, I, I thought, he actually played 
pretty well when he was matched on Sabonis. Sabonis ate him up a little bit, but um, he really made him work. He, you know, he really made him go to two and three moves to kind of cut and get to the rim. But um, I, I like what I saw from him on that end. Knotts got bodied down low a little bit. I, yeah, he sure did. <laughs> he sure did. Not, about, even down, not, not even down low. I mean, even do you remember that one time they tried to uh, clear clear him out a little bit and come up to set a screen? And uh, I forgot who it was. Tried to play over the screen and bumped into Knox, and Knox went flying back like five feet. I don't remember that slide. But but it was the same thing. I'm like, bro, like it's just he's got such a big frame, and he's just not. He's just not strong enough yet. And it's just yeah. funny how he gets pushed around everywhere. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you talk about especially down low, like Sabonis is no laughing matter down there either. Like he will just. That's a big, that's a big fucking That boy. is a big fucking dude. Like he is just going to kind of bully you down low. And Knox just, he just doesn't have the, he just doesn't have the legs for it yet. But that's why he's 19, right? <laughs> he'll fucking, he'll get there. Miles Turner isn't as he hasn't ended up being as good as I thought he would be. He's he's an effective player, but his off I, he his offense could be a little bit more diverse. He can't really do anything with the ball in his hands outside of outside of like a one or two dribbles when he gets the ball dumped off to him in the pick and roll. Like if you ask him, if you give him the ball on the block and ask him to do something, he's not he, more times than not. He's not going to be able to get you a bucket. Yeah, I, I, that's kind of what I thought he was going to develop into. That's why I'm kind of surprised he hasn't hit that part yet. I think he is still a very good player, but um, I, I kind of the way he first came into the NBA and, you know, the way he he was very fluid. He's very smooth, uh, you know, very much so offensively. It just seemed like that was something that was going to happen in the next year or so. And it just hasn't happened yet. Yeah, he like. He's definitely, I think he's found an effectiveness over the last kind of, uh, I, I think that we've all come to grips with this ceiling, I guess, and he's kind of figured out how to be an effective player. Like, I see, like, I basically see his ceiling at this point being, like, a poor man's uh, Miami Bosch, maybe. He kind of plays a, a bit of a similar role, but... I just I think his three point shooting has generally become a weapon for him and but yeah I, he hasn't developed into like the kind of uh, the download presence I thought I, he hasn't become the quite the the rim protector I thought he was going to be but he's effective in in much in many respects at least so what kind of a what kind of a deal is he on right now too but he just got like a four year eighty yeah or something like that. I, I feel not, not terrible for a player like him. I, I, that's that's pretty effectively. Paid no, yeah, I think that's fine for him. Yeah, and he's twenty two. He's still gonna he's still gonna get better. I just thought he would be a little bit more farther along than he is. I, I do remember. I do remember when he first came in. Everyone was kind of talking about. Uh, you know, we were getting excited about. Porzingis and everyone was like, "Well, why? Like, I don't know why people are getting about you know excited about KP when Miles Turner is better." I remember that being a little thing for a while, and I was just like, eh, "Like, hey, we're always ready to just jump ship to go to the new thing that's always better." Like, uh, there's always an underrated guy that we got to hop to. Yeah, 
I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna really look me in the face and tell me that Miles Turner is gonna be a better player than Porzingis. I'm just I'm just not gonna hear it. There's I think there's less risk with Turner. Well, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. Even before that, just the way their bodies are controlled, they are built. I just, I just feel like what Chris Sops can give you on the defensive end. Yeah, the injury risk is certainly there, but it's just, it's just he can deliver so much more. It's it's Kristaps can create his own shot and shoot off the dribble. So right. and he can also do all the pick and pop stuff Turner does. There's there's no question from a skill perspective that Porzingis is is better at this point. Speaking of things to get exciting, uh, get excited about, do you guys want to take a look at the schedule ahead? We've got uh, Knicks and Suns playing tomorrow night. This is the first game of a back to back. Uh, so after dropping to nine and 22 on the season, there is a, uh, likely chance of re- slight redemption against the league's worst team to get tomorrow. After that, it starts to kind of get a little bit busier. We got Knicks and 76ers on Wednesday, uh, Hawks on Friday, Bucks on Tuesday, uh, which is Christmas. And then, uh, yeah, things pick up a little bit further from there. Um, Tomorrow's game might be the last chance to pick up an easy win. Do you guys, uh, you guys have any uh, thoughts on the new look Suns with Kelly Oubre Jr. and Austin Rivers? What a night that was with the trade up. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's Booker's back, and it won't be as easy as that. They're not as they're not nearly as bad, and they've won. I think they've won two straight games for the first time this year. Booker returned from injury in the last one. Uh, when he plays, the team is in is is somewhat like resembles an NBA basketball team. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I'm not gonna sit here and call it like a must win tomorrow or anything for the Knicks, but um, I I think you should be able to beat a Suns team at home, even with Devin Booker. I think that would be say, you know, again, I'm rooting for wins here this year. That's something that I'd like to see happen tomorrow. Yes, I would very much prefer the Knicks not lose to the Suns at home. Yeah, and I mean it's it's been it's been quite a few games since we've had a good win. Um and yeah, they got the uh Suns have kind of shored up some of their guard depth issues with uh you know with Austin Rivers coming in, with you know, Ubre on the wing now. Um Yeah, I, I I'm I think it was a good trade for them, but I think that this is definitely still an opportunity for the Knicks to kind of get a little confidence back, kind of right the ship a bit. But, you know, we're still still probably going to be without Alonzo Trier, going to be without uh, Mitchell Robinson. Um, so, you know, I'm not looking forward to this stretch of games coming up after that. I'm not looking forward to playing the teams like the Sixers and the Bucks without having a full loaded roster. But they're about to hit. They have a six game road trip coming up. Yeah, it, it's it's not going to be a pretty January. So if you're if you're trying to stay sane, if you're trying to uh, you know stay a little bit optimistic here, just just look away from that final score. Yeah, that road trip is going to be brutal. Just positive, I can feel it already. It's just going to be a fucking thumping. Do they get one or two wins on it? Oh, I don't know where. Uh, maybe 
the Jazz are underperforming, the Jazz maybe, and then like a fluke game against the Blazers. You know, like not that I don't, not that I would believe that they're going to win in Portland. I just think they're going to win like a fluky one of them. And they have they have two nights in LA before the game on Friday night. That's not going to be good. No. Hopefully they get. I'll set my goal for that road trip as one win. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna stick on one and just hope it's. It, I, I don't even want to get excited. Yeah, no, and, no, and then you know what it. the worst part is? Those are gonna be all the west, uh, the West Coast tri- uh, <laughs> games, and I gotta stay up till ten fucking thirty while you guys get to enjoy and go to bed at a reasonable I'm, hour. Do oh, oh my god, I beautiful. I'm barely. I am barely there with you. West Coast games, I'm like, I'm. It's literally an hour that I save. All right. I'm gonna be able to go to the gym before and go run. Yeah, piece of shit. The game start and then still be in bed by 10 30, 11 for work. Yeah, I'm gonna go to, go to bed nice and early at uh, 1 30 a.m. when the game wraps up. So, you got very lucky. excited. There's not a game on Wednesday of the trip. You're lucky. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That would have been funny. You had to tape the podcast at like two in the morning. <laughs> Yeah, expect some uh, shorter pods in the next couple of weeks, I think. Um, All right, you guys have anything else you want to touch on tonight? No. Kyle, do your thing. All right, so uh, make sure you're uh, following us, obviously, on Twitter, all all of us here. Um, So at the Wall on Twitter, make sure you like us on uh, Facebook and you're following us on Instagram. Make sure you're doing all those things. Um, subscribe to our Twitch channel. It's twitch.tv slash the Knicks wall. And we do the 2K pregame shows. Again, we're trying to be more consistent with that. Um, so just subscribe to that and we'll keep that going. And it's now too late to get any of your uh, TKW merchandise shipped before the holidays, but it's always still available. We'll probably have a sale coming up for the new year. Yep. So keep a lookout for that and check out the French Prince design. Um, and that's about it. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right. Well, thanks everybody for listening and sticking with us through the show. Kyle, Brian, I hope you guys have a good night. And we'll talk to you all on Wednesday night. Peace.